You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 44 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, I'll be revisiting the topic of shadow work and discussing how to embrace our shadow. And I'll review two more shadow work decks that I've wanted to review for a while now, the Shadowland Tarot and Lenormand decks by Monica Bodirsky. At the end of the episode, I'll share a nine-card spread to help each of us embrace our shadow. Exactly a year ago, we embarked on our shadow work journey together with a three-episode Healing Through Tarot podcast miniseries on shadow work. If you're new to the podcast and interested in shadow work, you'll want to check out those episodes, which were episodes 33, 34, and 35. In episode 33, I cover how to start the shadow work process and share with you a spread called Diving into the Shadow to help you kick off your journey. In episode 34 and 35, I discuss identifying triggers, how to neutralize them, setting boundaries, and how to integrate shadow aspects. Through that series, I shared several custom shadow work spreads and exercises to help guide you through the self-discovery process. And in each episode, I featured a tarot deck that I find to be an amazing tool for working in the dark while exploring hidden shadow aspects. So please check those out if you're wanting to take up shadow work for yourself. And I've noticed in my statistics for my podcast that about one-fifth of the listeners skipped that second episode in the three-part miniseries. That's the episode on triggers, which is highly important to shadow work. I encourage anyone that skipped that episode to go back to it and make sure you do all the spreads and exercises presented in that episode. You can't progress very far in shadow work if you aren't willing to take a long, hard look at what triggers you and discover why. Then, you have to put in the deep psychological work to neutralize those triggers so they don't set you off anymore. Let's quickly review what we've learned so far about shadow work since we began our journey a year ago. Carl Jung viewed the shadow self as a collection of aspects of ourself that we dislike or would rather ignore. He saw healing in the work to be done by looking within to understand how our identities shaped our lives from childhood on. He saw the shadow as a persona or the sum of traits that we develop in response to feedback given to us by others in our environment. This occurs mainly during our childhood, so this would be our parents, teachers, and authority figures. During those early years, out of a desire to be liked and accepted by others, we rejected and banished parts of ourselves that were embarrassing to our ego mind. These may have been parts of ourselves that others ridiculed in our childhood, or that we feared others would reject in us. Those lost parts of ourselves that we rejected long ago were named shadows. 
When we embark on a shadow work journey, we undertake a discovery of these shadowy parts of ourselves in an effort to understand ourselves more fully and to eventually integrate those shadows with the aspects of ourselves that we're more familiar with. In the end, the goal is to function as a whole version of ourselves. And that's what we embarked on together in the winter months of 2022. And we've learned an awful lot about ourselves along the way. If you haven't started your shadow work journey and are feeling nervous about it, I suggest you approach this type of work with curiosity and not fear, shame, or judgment. Be curious about what your shadow can teach you and any hidden gifts that you'll discover through this work. Think of all the untapped potential that could be released if you learn to embrace your shadow. When we live in denial of our shadow selves, that part of us works hidden in the shadows of our subconscious mind. So we'll often be surprised by our behaviors or the repeating toxic patterns we find ourselves in, or even our reactions to certain triggers. It can be quite confusing if you aren't aware that all of this stems from our shadow self. But if you're willing to face your shadow, do the inner work to heal those shadow aspects, and join forces with your shadow self, you'll learn a whole lot about yourself and no longer be surprised by your emotional reactions or unconscious behaviors. Things will start to make a lot more sense, and things will start to flow easier. So where am I one year into this shadow work journey? Well, I've noticed that all my work around triggers has paid off tremendously. I don't get triggered near as much about certain topics that used to really set me off. I've worked on the underlying issues there, and I choose to either disengage or just not to fight over those issues as hotly as I did before. I came across this quote the other day by Led by Source, and it spoke to me on this issue of growth through shadow work. Notice the old lesson resurfacing, but also notice your new response. Breathe into the growth. That's what we strive for with this type of work. As I progress on my spiritual journey, I'm letting go of the need to steer the path of those around me. My terror birth card is the emperor, so I've had to do a whole lot of work on my need to control everything. I understand now that everyone has their own path, and I have mine. My control issues started to settle down once I realized that I needed to let everyone steer their own course without any influence from me. It's more meaningful that they come to it on their own anyway. And it's taken a lot of stress and anxiety off of me to release that need to control everything around me. I credit all that growth to the shadow work journey. Over the past year, I've also worked on relaxing my perfectionism now that I've taken a hard look at it through shadow work. This has been something that has always driven my life and caused me severe health issues. I'm learning how to not obsess as much as I used to, and I'm learning how to handle flaws in my life and problems when they arise. I've also worked on no longer seeking the validation of others or trying to please others and meet their expectations. That was something that caused all sorts of health issues because I would work myself to death to please others, even when it was something I didn't want to pursue. But I'm putting my needs and my dreams first for once. I've even learned through my shadow work journey 
how to change how I speak to myself and about myself. Before, I would speak so harshly and demeaning to myself. I would obsess about all my mistakes and focus on my flaws. I speak in a much more loving way to myself now. And my enthusiasm for my creative projects soared after I stopped berating myself. If I hadn't done my shadow work, who knows how long it would have taken to publish my first novel. In the past, I imagine it would have never felt like it was good enough. But now, I have to work even faster because the ideas are coming in so quickly as if they're being channeled from the other side. There's an urgency to get this story out into the world. So I don't want to waste time obsessing like I would in the past. And it feels so good to constantly be moving forward now that I'm healing. I'm no longer stuck in the past. Where are you holding yourself back currently? And what's stopping you from moving forward? Shadow work can help you find those answers. If you want to ease yourself into shadow work because you're hesitant to dive right in, you can start by analyzing your dreams. There are messages from our subconscious mind that run throughout our dreams each night. I found that starting a dream journal is an easy way to start to wade into the waters of the subconscious where we can meet our shadow gently. Toward the end of 2022, I released two podcast episodes on how to use the tarot to analyze dreams. Make sure to listen to those episodes if this is a practice you want to start. Episode 39 is titled Diving into Our Dreams with the Tarot, plus a review of Rose and Sarah's books and deck for dream analysis. And episode 40 is Healing with the Dreamer Archetype, plus a review of the Dreamkeeper's Tarot for dream interpretation. That's a great place to start if you want to ease into this type of work. Or you can start to journal with shadow work prompts. I hosted a shadow work challenge in October 2022, where I created 31 shadow work prompts, one for each day of that month. I'll include that graphic with all those prompts in the blog post that goes along with this podcast episode. You can find that blog on my website, healingthroughterror.com. I suggest choosing one of those prompts daily or even weekly. Then you can pull an oracle or tarot card for that prompt and journal about your thoughts on the card. I'll give you a few prompts here if you want to get started on that practice right away. What situations leave me stressed? What behaviors by others trigger me the most? What am I resisting and why? What mistakes do I hold against myself? Which wound keeps me trapped in the past? What behaviors do I judge myself for the most? And how are my insecurities projected onto others? These prompts will help get you started on your shadow work journey. Pulling cards for each of these prompts will give you insight into the emotions lurking beneath the surface. And journaling about the emotions that these prompts bring up for you is a very cathartic process. It will allow you to meet aspects of your shadow gently and in a way that's empowering because journaling 
can help you work through solutions as you allow your subconscious mind to flow in an uninterrupted state known as stream of consciousness. If you're journaling by hand, you can even try automatic writing, where you write with your non-dominant hand and close your eyes so you don't worry about what you've written. Don't judge what you're writing, don't worry about grammar or punctuation, and don't erase or correct what you've written either. Just write down what flows through you without thinking about it. Let's try an exercise to meet our shadow self. I heard someone tell a story the other day about Louise Hay. She said that when you clean your house, you have to see the dust, the dirt, and the cobwebs in order to clean them up and clear them out. So we need to see our shadow aspects and acknowledge them before shifting and transforming our shadow selves. So I'm going to walk us through the beginning of that process now. Get comfortable and grab a notepad and pen. We're about to meet our shadow self. Once you're comfortable, close your eyes and relax your shoulders and your body. Feel free to pause throughout this exercise so you can take your time with each step. We're going to invite our shadow to step into the light. If you're scared to meet them in the dark, this should feel more comfortable for you. Shine a bright light onto the stage from the balcony as if you're the lighting director in a play. Now invite your shadow into the center of the stage so you can see them clearly. You should have enough distance between you and your shadow self to feel safe. Once they come into the light, notice what they look like. Take down any notes on their appearance as you just calmly observe them. Notice their body language and their stance. Does it tell you anything about their personality? Next, feel into their energy. And note how that feels for you. And what that tells you about this aspect of yourself. Notice any memories that pop up as you lean into their energy. Are any of these memories from childhood, when you may have banished your shadow? Are any of these memories painful to revisit now? If so, what kind of emotions is it stirring up for you? Shame? Fear? Or embarrassment? Jot that down to explore later. Are they carrying anything? Any baggage, for instance? Ask your shadow to share any memories with you that are important to bring out into the light at this time. Take note of those. You can work through those at a later time. See if you can just observe this aspect of yourself without judgment or shame. Now ask them what message they have for you at this time. What can they offer you? How can they help you heal if you work together? As we're talking about healing, do you notice that you feel less uneasy in the presence of your shadow now? 
Is your anxiety level reducing the longer you sit with this aspect of yourself? Is your perspective starting to shift in regard to your shadow? As we start to wrap this exercise up, jot down any notes you want to remember about your shadow or this experience. If you feel comfortable doing so, you may want to float down to the stage and embrace your shadow self and offer them a healing message before you go. If not, that's okay. Go with what feels right in the moment. When it feels right, bring this exercise to a close. I suggest you leave the spotlight on and let your shadow know that you want to continue to work with them and are open to doing this inner work together. Now, as you come back to awareness, assess how you feel. What did that experience feel like for you? Was it less scary than you thought? Were there any surprises? Did it help you feel more open to the shadow work process? I find that some people feel much better using this spotlight exercise. It gives you some distance between yourself and the shadow self. The dark is scary for a lot of people, and facing something that's unknown or unseen is often scarier for us. Now that you've seen your shadow self, see if you can sketch an image of what you saw. It might help you be able to connect with them easier next time. Hopefully this little exercise helps you feel better about the shadow work process. It may be a hard thing to face, but it doesn't have to be scary. Like I said earlier, see if you can replace fear with curiosity and get inquisitive about your shadow aspects. Just observe and see what you can pick up. I find that the more that you get to know your shadow, the less scary it becomes. Remember, we're talking about aspects of you that have been part of you since the day you were born. You aren't separate from your shadow. You're just unaware of these aspects until you start the shadow work process. With shadow work, you can change all of that. You're in the driver's seat now, and soon you'll feel less out of control and less surprised by your behaviors you'll start to see how the shadow self has been influencing behaviors that may have confused you before. But soon, it's going to all make sense. I've heard Kellyanne Maddox say that she names her different shadow aspects to personify them. She gives them a funny little nickname that represents how these shadow aspects show up in her life and how they may act up and cause her trouble because they all have such distinct personality characteristics. She even talks about inviting these aspects back home and imagines giving them a hug. Think about naming your shadow selves too, if you think it would help. When people talk about being frightened to face their shadow self, I always think of the Bogarts from Harry Potter. They're shape-shifting creatures that will take on the form of whatever most frightens the person who encounters it. For a lot of Hogwarts students, that might be Voldemort. But if you remember from the books and the movies, Ron is scared of spiders, so it takes that form for him. But we see in one of their school lessons that Professor Lupin teaches them that to repel a Bogart, you imagine something comical 
so it forces the Bogart to change into something less frightening. That's because laughter can cause the Bogart to disappear. So Ron imagines that spider roller skating on all eight legs, so the spider has no coordination and loses its balance. So it can't chase him, and it's no longer frightening to him. And Neville is terrified of Snape, so he imagines him wearing his grandmother's clothes, which causes the entire class to erupt in laughter. I imagine something similar when practicing shadow work. I try to observe my shadow, not in a comical way, but in a way that shifts me out of fear. I look at my shadow's vulnerability so that I then can look at it with compassion. I notice the wounds that my shadow is healing from, the isolation my shadow feels from being rejected by me for decades, and I try to see what my shadow has to offer that's redeeming. See, we're not all good or all bad, so my shadow aspects are not all negative. Sure, there are aspects that are harder for me to embrace, but that doesn't mean it has nothing to teach me. Quite the opposite. I learn more from my shadow than my light aspects, as most people do. To ignore your shadow would mean that you miss out on the greatest learning opportunities in your lifetime. The whole point is to shift out of the shame you feel for these shadow aspects and just shift into a mode of observing first without judgment. Then you'll work towards embracing the shadow and integrating all these shadow aspects into your whole being. You'll be so much happier in the long run if you do this. You no longer have to hide or deny these parts of yourself. Love all of yourself. Going forward, See if you can look at your shadow in a different light. I don't know about you, but I do my shadow work exercises at night. Magic Mind is my new coffee replacement that keeps my mind clear and alert, so I don't nod off when I'm up late into the night journaling or pulling cards for my shadow work spreads. This two-ounce elixir is easier on my stomach than coffee, too, so it doesn't leave me with the jitters. I sip on it in the evening hours so that I have six to seven hours of productive work in the evening and night hours, thanks to the natural ingredients like the nootropics and adaptogens that not only help me stay alert, but also relaxed as I work through the nighttime hours. Of course, you can take it any time of day. If you'd like to try this elixir for yourself, go to magicmind.co slash HTT. You can use my code at checkout HTT, that's all caps, to get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. My 40% off code only lasts 10 days, so hurry to catch that deal. And they have a money-back guarantee. If you're looking for better focus or more productivity, give this Magic Mind Elixir a try. After a quick break, I'll review the Shadowland Tarot and Lenormand, and I'll share with you a spread for embracing your shadow. Book two in my fictional divination book series, The Divining Sisters, has released. In this second installment of this series, titled We Divine Three, We learn more about the past incarnations of these soul-bound sisters, and we discover more about the faith that binds them, 
as they piece together the clues that point to their shared destiny. This mystical and soul-stirring series focuses on reconnecting with past life gifts, sisterhood, empowerment through facing fears, and learning to step out of the shadows, which for these diviners comes from their love of the craft of divination, which is carried over for many lifetimes. In We Divine Three, we see the story from the perspective of all three sisters, giving us a glimpse into how their shared past from the witch trials weaves throughout their current incarnation through not only their gifts, but also their deepest fears. Readers are raving about the series, saying, This is the metaphysical series I've been waiting for. I was hooked from the beginning and even find myself slowing down because I just want it to last. I'm eagerly awaiting the next ones. I love this book. It's not just about tarot. It's about much, much more. I was quickly drawn into the story. The characters are so relatable, and the explanations of tarot readings, spiritual healing, and past lives are absolutely accurate. Inspirational and entertaining. Thank you for bringing us this new witchy series to fall in love with. You can find the ebook and paperback of The Call of the Cards, which is book one in the Divining Sister series, and We Divine Three, which is book two, on Amazon now. And the ebooks are also available on Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, Google Play, Kobo, Scribd, Smashwords, and more. Read the book blurbs and book quotes on author.heatherhardison.com. Start your magical healing journey with the Divining Sisters today and find your way back to yourself through their inspiring story. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. It covers holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year-end and year-ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, healingthroughterra.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terra line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. Red Feather Publishing sent over the Shadowland Tarot and Lenormand decks for me to work with and review. I've had these decks on my wish list for a while now. And I'm so glad that I can now add these to my collection to use for shadow work. And I love that I now have a matching set of tarot and Lenormand cards so I can read with both of these systems simultaneously.
the creator of these decks, Monica Bodirsky, has created a world of creatures that help us instantly tap into our shadow without making it feel like a scary process. Her characters are similar in appearance to the creatures in the book Where the Wild Things Are. Some of the creatures are slightly creepy, but mostly they're adorably weird. Her artwork is a combination of pen and ink and watercolor. And she describes the style as the awkward love child of Edward Gorey and Wednesday Adams. The guidebook is stellar. It's one of the best shadow work guidebooks that I've come across. In the guidebook, Monica describes the 78 card images as pieces of our individual and collective psyche. Combined with the terror journey of archetypes, in Shadowland, we can recognize and acknowledge all of those neglected bits of ourselves and integrate them to become whole, perfectly imperfect human beings. Get your lanterns lit. There's a lot of shadows to illuminate. Wow. I love Monica's perspective on shadow. And Monica doesn't use reversals. She says that each card possesses both inherent positive and shadow aspects. She stresses that she doesn't see shadows as necessarily negative, but as circumstances and personality traits that have simply gone unnoticed. That fits with how I perceive the shadow as well. For each card, she provides us with keywords, shadow messages, and reflections, where she provides questions that prompt you to see the card from several different perspectives. These questions make great journal prompts too, if you want to explore the card further after your daily card pulls. For the shadow keywords, she offers a list of words that may or may not seem opposite of the traditional keywords and may contain words that have positive, neutral, or negative connotations. I pulled a card for us to explore, and funnily enough, the Emperor card came out. I was just talking earlier in this episode about the Emperor being my terror birth card. With this card, we're asked to explore what authority means to us our relationship with our father or father figures, our view of rules and laws, boundaries that need to be drawn, and how we feel about stepping into our own roles of leadership in our own community. The shadow keywords to contemplate here are authoritarian, oppressive, restrictive, immovable, and controlling. These are some of the themes that we can explore and journal about as we start to explore our shadow with this particular card. Monica invites us into her shadowland filled with witches, spiders, bats, ghosts, poppets, and other quirky whimsical creatures that represent pieces of our own psyche that we may not have recognized up until this point. I think this deck is the perfect tool to use to start to meet these mysterious aspects of ourselves as we discover our own quirkiness and begin to feel at home with these aspects that we've locked in the dark for way too long. The deck also has humor that helps us work through these images without fear. Instead, they'll serve as our guides through the dark passageways of our psyche back to our authentic selves if we're brave enough to take that inner journey and meet our whole self. 
And if you feel a magical energy when you work with these cards, it just might be due to the moon charged water she used in her watercolors. My favorite card in the Shadowland Tarot is the Five of Pentacles. This card is brilliant. She has Bigfoot watching a family of campers from afar. And you get the sense that Bigfoot is left out and feeling lonely while the campers are enjoying their campfire and roasting s'mores. This card makes me chuckle every time I see it. But it's such a brilliant take on the Five of Pentacles, where we usually see two injured people on the sidewalk outside of a church. They need assistance, but they often feel like they've been forsaken. But help is near if they ask for it. The images in this deck are perfectly crafted to provoke our unconscious fears and collective archetypes that provide wisdom and healing. And the guidebook provides us with questions for each card to facilitate the exploration of our shadow selves. One thing I did differently this year since I had this deck is that I pulled a shadow work card from the Shadowland Tarot when I pulled my year ahead spread. This way, I can focus on that shadow aspect of that card all year round. And I plan to do this every year going forward. There's all kinds of ways you can incorporate shadow work into your daily life. Just get creative with it. In her tarot guidebook, she offers some truly great spreads, such as a four-season spread to identify challenges and advice for each of the seasons or for the seasons in your life a five-card element spread to find harmony and balance, an integration spread to help you integrate your life path and career, shadows of the past spread to explore a past life, a nine-card blockbuster spread to facilitate creative breakthroughs and inspiration, a moon cycle spread to identify patterns and cycles in life, and a 13-card moon spread to gain advice from your ancestors for the coming year. The Shadowland Tarot is powerful, evocative, and healing, as it holds our hand while we walk through the magical forest full of creatures waiting to reveal parts of ourselves that are ready to awaken and aid us on our healing journey. Now, turning to Monica's Shadowland Lenormand, we see the same stylistic images throughout the 36 Lenormand cards. Erica Robinson summed up this deck perfectly in her forward of the guidebook. It is a deck that beckons one inside oneself to explore even the scary parts in safety. This Lenormand deck is quite unique because she explains that no single card in her deck is seen as strictly positive, negative, or neutral like traditional Lenormand decks. Her artwork allows for more flexibility and freedom when reading. For each card, she offers a shadow which is an aspect of the card you may not normally see. Like her tarot deck, she offers keywords, shadow keywords, a message, and reflection questions. This is more detailed than any other Lenormand deck I've ever worked with in the past. I wanted to pull a card for us to look at so that I could walk you through an example. I pulled the crossroads card for us. Here, a devil holds a pitchfork at the center of two intersecting roads. The keywords show us he's facing a choice and a change of direction. 
The shadow shows indecision, fear of change, immobility, and lack of accountability. The message for this card urges us to make a choice by looking to surrounding cards for clues. We're cautioned not to remain stuck in indecision too long due to stress and a deterioration of quality of life. The reflection questions ask us how we react when faced with decisions, what choices have been the easiest to make, and which have been the most difficult. When pulling a grand tableau with all 36 cards, she suggests finding the signifier card that represents you in the spread and looking at any cards beneath that card as the subconscious or shadows and the cards above the signifier as the higher self, which is considered your advice. And for working with the Tarot and Lenormand together, she suggests asking a question and pulling one card from the Lenormand and one from the Tarot then studying the cards to see which symbols are repeated. You can examine how the images work together and how they contradict one another. This is such a creative way to work with both divinatory systems. I highly recommend getting both decks to use together. Thank you to Redfeather for sending over both decks for me to work with and review. They've helped me to kick my shadow work up to the next level. I'll now share with you the nine-card custom spread that I created to help us embrace our shadow aspects. It's called Embracing My Shadow Spread. Here are those prompts. What scares me about meeting my shadow? Why does facing this make me uneasy? What would help facilitate this inner work? What's to gain by tackling this work? How does my shadow secretly help me? What can be unlocked by embracing my shadow? What can my shadow teach me? Healing message for my shadow. And the last prompt, untapped potential, unleashed by integrating my shadow. If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog, on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. And I posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd love to see your spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at healingthroughtarot and please use the hashtag HTT Embracing my shadow spread. If you want more shadow work spreads, consider purchasing my fourth spread ebook in my Healing Through Tarot line of spread ebooks called Healing Through Tarot's Shadow Work Spreads and Workbook. This ebook contains 20 custom shadow work spreads centered around shadow work and integration of shadow aspects. This workbook guides you through diving into your shadow identifying and neutralizing triggers, managing self-criticism, and facing deep-seated fears. It also guides you through integrating your shadow aspects into a whole, healthy version of yourself where you can tap into your greatest potential and live a more authentic life. 
You can find that spread ebook for $15 on my website, healingthroughterror.com. There's a link in the show notes. And while you're there, check out the other three spread ebooks that I have on healing and mental health spreads and a spread for all seasons. And don't forget, there's three full-length podcast episodes dedicated to walking you through the shadow work process. Those are episodes 33, 34, and 35. Links for all the decks discussed in this episode are also in the show notes and on my blog. In the next episode, I'll discuss navigating the dark night of the soul, and I'll review a few decks that explore some darker themes that can help us get through those difficult times. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.